Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. I'm here with Hope Pedraza. Um, Hope is a holistic nutritionist. She helps women entrepreneurs heal their body and mind with functional labs and energy healing. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Um, I would just love to start for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into the work that you do today. Yeah. So um, I think my journey probably started when I was a kid. I My background is in dance. I danced for 20 something years of my life. And that got me into the world of Pilates. And uh, I started teaching Pilates and then eventually opened up my own brick and mortar business. And so when I created my business, my brick and mortar, I wanted to create this kind of comprehensive experience for people where they could get everything in one spot, right? We've got workouts. And then I wanted to provide like general nutrition support. And so I just did like a really basic nutrition coaching certification just to offer that general support accountability. And when I started working with women in my studio, I started to realize that, you know, they were coming to me for a quote, like to lose weight or to tone up. Like that was kind of their, you know, general goals. But when I'm working with this woman, I'm realizing that there are deeper things at play, right? Like they have serious hormonal imbalances and gut issues and thyroid issues and inflammation. And they've got, you know, they have this stored trauma. Like there's all these things that are really contributing to what they're coming to me for, which was kind of the aesthetic thing. I think, you know, women were, a lot of us are guilty that we, like we just, the aesthetic thing is what we want first, right? But there's all these deeper things at play that, that play a part in that. And so, that realization led me into my deeper work into functional nutrition and getting my diploma as a holistic nutritionist and eventually as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, just to be able to offer that deeper level of support. And then as I started that work, I, that's kind of when I pulled in kind of the energy medicine part of it. And I, I got certified in Reiki and started doing energy work again, kind of that deeper level, like realizing that there is, I, I'm a huge believer that there's this energetic, emotional root cause of all the things that are showing up on the physical body. And we have to really get to that piece before all of these physical things that we're working on can, can, can work. Absolutely. I love that. I, I think it's rare sometimes to find people that actually understand both. Like you mm -hmm. can go to a specialist and that's really amazing. And then you have like your other person that understands like the energetics and the the root cause, like the root emotional causes. Right. But I, when I came across your Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is the total package. This is awesome. <laughs> well, then, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's so cool to see. And I love that you combine human design with it too. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. I love that piece. So I found human design a few years ago and I was working with this spiritual coach and was kind of just she didn't go super deep into it. It's kind of just this little piece of our program, but it was enough for me to be like, oh my gosh, I need to know more. Like this is, I feel seen, I feel validated. Like this is, a, this is just crazy. So I dove into it myself. And as, as I started kind of, kind of embodying my own human design and really integrating the pieces of my human design, I'm like, okay, this is another piece of the puzzle. Like this is another piece of the wellness puzzle, right? We have our physical and emotional and all this. This is like that energetic spiritual piece. Like if people really understood themselves at this deep energetic level, things would be so different. And so I, I just wanted to provide that, that kind of missing puzzle piece for people because, because I do think when you're like human design is such, um, 
it's such a cool blueprint into, you know, how you're wired and how you function. And, and it plays a part in our physical wellness. And I think when we're able to put, you know, put that holistic equation together with the spiritual, the physical, the energy, emotions, all of that, that's really when things start to change. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool for me. My human design, something that I thought was really cool and is related to nutrition is um, I forget what it's called, but like the appetite I'm supposed uh -huh. to like light throughout the day and then have a bigger meal at night. And I eat yeah. dim lighting. Yeah. Dim lighting. Yeah. Because I've always kind of leaned that way anyway, but then uh -huh. I, I'm like, well, yeah, but you're not supposed to eat after six. Right. <laughs> <Right>. That's <laughs> so true. Yes. And I love that you said that because there's so much, and that's, you know, that's a big piece of some of the parts I talk with my clients through and just in your human design in general, even if you're not talking about digestion, like there's so much unconditioning or deconditioning that has to happen with that. And I love that piece because we know we try to live by all these rules that we hear society give us. And we're like, and that's what I loved about my human design. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like those rules don't really apply to me. So it was, it's, you feel like, okay, well, and, and then you, you realize yourself like, well, I do kind of feel better when I eat that way. And you realize, well, yeah, when you're living according to your design, it just feels better. <laughs> yes. So much better. I love how, so human design, it's so individual to the person, how much of that, how much of that comes into your work where like, it's just very individual, or do you feel like there are kind of like certain principles that everyone should live by? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's individual. I mean, I, I try to keep my work really in, in all aspects, even we're not talking about human design is very individual because everybody is different and, you know, everybody has different DNA and everybody has different traumas and everybody has different experiences. Like it all plays a part into our wellness. And so, I mean, yeah, there are some general, um, some general pieces of the, of your human design. Try to think that that can kind of go across the board for, well, I say that. And then maybe per type, like there are some generalities I could say per type, but, but I would never have like a, this is kind of a rule of thumb for everybody just because everybody's so individual. But I think when we're looking at just like in generalities in terms of like what you're the five types, there are some generalities there, but then there's so many nuances with, you know, defined centers and undefined centers and different gates and your variable, the arrows. So there's a lot of pieces that can, you know, nuances that really change, really change it up for everybody. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so important to take an individual approach. Mm -hmm. Even like for me, um, years ago, I tried to be vegan mm -hmm. and I felt horrible and really horrible. <laughs> and I'm sure that I wasn't eating enough like beans or some kind of vegan yeah. protein, but yeah. I have friends who changed their whole life through being vegan and they feel mm -hmm. amazing. But like mm -hmm. for me, if I did that, it would, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's so true. And that's funny because my story is the opposite. I had really terrible gut issues growing up as a kid, a ton of colonoscopies and endoscopes and, you know, all the poking and prodding with doctors. And, and for me, you know, when, when I kind of got older and researched stuff, that's how I really healed my IBS was going vegan. But I also understand that it doesn't work for everybody. And like, I had a client just a few weeks ago, she was dead set on like, she wanted to be vegan for whatever reason. And, you know, the more I've been looking at her labs and we're talking through her human design. And I'm like, I, I really think that this may not be the best. And sure enough, we started incorporating more animal. I mean, she feels like a whole new person. So, I mean, it, you really do have to take an individual approach. Like there is no cookie cutter way to, to do it. Yeah. I love that so much. I think that's rare to find somebody that in the health coaching nutritionist space that doesn't have like their kind of dogmatic beliefs about mm -hmm. nutrition that maybe something that really worked well for them, but that doesn't, right 
necessarily mean it's going to apply to. Right. Well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm honestly, I've changed my philosophy. And I mean, when I first started out, I, I wasn't like converting everybody to eating plant-based, but I was kind of hardcore on the plant-based like, yeah, but then, you know, the more I work with people, the more I'm like, well, I do know that it doesn't work well for everybody. So, I mean, yeah, you just, you realize how individual that, that the whole like bio-individuality thing is a real thing. And you, you just have to, you have to play by those roles of everybody's different. Yeah, totally. Um, so you use functional lab testing, which I'm very interested in. Um, and I know there's different ways to do it. Can you tell mm -hmm. us more about your approach with that? Yeah, yeah. So I do use functional labs. Uh, I have kind of a a few foundational labs that I use for everybody. And then kind of depending on the person and what they're dealing with, I'll choose other labs. But really, you know, this is why I love the work of FDN Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, because it's we're all about like tests, don't guess, because you can spin your wheels and play trial and error and throw spaghetti at the wall all day. But if you don't have the data to back up like what's going on in your body, then you really, you really don't know what's going to work. So I love being able to give people concrete data. And, and I like it too, because, you know, I do kind of put the like woo world with the science world together in my world. And some people coming to me, they're not really so much believers in the woo part. So I'm like, okay, I'll give you a little bit of science to back things up and then we'll throw in some of the woo stuff. So I like to give people some concrete data, but the three foundational labs that I use pretty much for everybody, I use um, a Dutch test, which is a really comprehensive hormone test that measures sex and steroid hormones. Um, I do a GMAP, which, which is a really in-depth gut test. And then I do an HTMA, which is a hair tissue and mineral analysis. And it's a look at heavy metals and minerals and toxic elements and kind of um, mineral balance and toxicity in the body. You probably save people so much time that way. Yeah, no, totally. And, and it's, yes, that's exactly what it is. Saving people time. And then like, I know, you know, the functional world as of right now is at least here in the States, it's not something that's covered by most insurance. I do have some people that are able to use like an FSA or HSA for it, but, and people are like, oh, and I'm paying out of pocket for all these things, but you've now saved your, yourself like hours of beating your head against the wall because the doctor's not listening because you're telling them, no, something's wrong, but they won't run the labs you want to run, you know? So it, it saves people time and headache and trouble and stress and so many things and gives them actual answers. And for so many women I work with, like the, the call we have, where we're going over the labs. Like I have people in tears, I have people laughing where it's like, finally, like I knew I wasn't going crazy. Like now I feel, they feel so validated because they've been made to feel like they were going crazy or it's all in their head or whatever. It's like, no, like you just have to look at the right labs and get the right data and it's going to give you answers. Yeah. And I, I'm a massage therapist as well as a coach. And so a lot of my massage therapy clients tell me these stories of going to their doctors and getting tests. And then they're like, no, your thyroid levels are normal. Mm -hmm. but they feel as if like, they, were, they yep. feel terrible. Yep. Yeah. So it's, and then like what I always explain to them, and I'm not an expert in this, but I'm like, there's a lot of nuance in that test and that they're basing it off of an average. And that doesn't mean that that's optimal for your body. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and really when you're looking at like me running functional labs and working as a functional practitioner, the functional range is so much different than the conventional range, right? Like the conventional range, I tell this to people, like, it's basically like, well, you're not dead. Like that's kind of the range they look at. Like you're alive and breathing, but it's not optimal. Like, I don't want to feel just not dead. Like I want to, I want my clients to live like with vibrancy and vitality and feel like they're thriving. And so the functional range is going to look a lot different. And that's really what gets people to optimal health. Absolutely. Yeah. I could not agree more. Um, so 
I would really like to hear, you made a post about autoimmune diseases and how some of the causes are blood sugar dysregulation, parasites, and stored trauma. And I know that that it's like more and more we're seeing autoimmune diseases and it seems like Western medicine is just stumped. Like maybe at best they can help you manage your symptoms, but um, I've never heard about these causes. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. So these are three things that a lot of times conventional medicine isn't going to dive too deep in because I mean, typically, typically when we're looking at dysregulated blood sugar, they're going to look at like, okay, well, are you pre-diabetic or maybe they'll look at PCOS because both of those are closely linked to dysregulated blood sugar, but dysregulated blood sugar is another stressor on the body. And it's another stressor on your hormone levels and it's a stress on, it's a cause of inflammation. And really when you're, when you want, if you want to like look a big picture at what causes autoimmune issues, it's, it's inflammation and inflammation starts from somewhere. The same thing with parasites and with, with gut issues. I find I have a lot of clients I've have had and have a lot of clients that have either they've been diagnosed with autoimmune or it's like one of those mystery things where they have all these mystery symptoms, but they don't fit in like the little box that Western medicine has to put you in for you to diagnose like, Hey, this is what you have, but they have all these mystery symptoms. And I would say, and I'll say this, I can't speak in generalities for everybody, but every single client that I've had with autoimmune has had parasites. Like we do the labs, you got parasites, parasites, pathogens in the gut. I mean, it's causing mass chaos in the body. I mean, it's causing inflammation and all kinds of disruptions in your nervous system and those kind of things. And then the same thing with trauma. And, you know, this is kind of where, I mean, I say like my woo comes out here, but really there is science to back this up. There is science to, to, to prove how trauma does cause things in the body and, and can cause physical ailments in the body, right? It can cause, and um, I, I did a post a while back, I was talking about adverse childhood experiences and there are studies on what they're called ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, and how much more you're at risk for um, things like endometriosis, PCOS, and autoimmune diseases if you've had one or more adverse childhood experience. Like there's actual studies to prove that. So, so whether we want to, you know, believe Western medicine wants to believe that or not, the fact is that there are studies to show that it does because it is a disruption to your nervous system. It's a disruption to the homeostasis in your body. And that's what causes things like autoimmune disease. Absolutely. I feel like you're real, we're really missing out when we try to treat all of our childhood trauma through talk therapy and we ignore mm. the body, like we separate the two. And absolutely. Um, with the parasites, how do you, how do you treat that? Yeah. So I do a parasite protocol, which is basically in combination of, you know, certain, depending on what parasites are showing up dietary changes. So we're doing specific things with the diet, put things in, taking things out. Um, and then it's really a specific, uh, like combination of different botanicals and herbs and supplements that eradicate it. And then we use like some antibacterials and antifungals and um, what are called uh, biofilm disruptors. So basically the, the other problem that happens, this is getting real sciencey for you, but if you're listening, maybe this is helpful for somebody. Um, when parasites, a lot of times people don't have, a lot of times they don't have blatant symptoms of parasites. Like a lot of times I think we think of parasites, like when you go to Mexico and you drink the water and you get Montezuma's revenge and you've got diarrhea for days or whatever, right? And yes, that is a parasite and it does happen. But a lot of times these parasites are real 
sneaky and they get into your body and they kind of cause some like low key weird things going on, but then they can build this little sticky film around it called a biofilm that protects it from your body's immune system. So now it's just kind of living like low key, like playing in the background, all this stuff going on, but your immune system can't get to it. So when we do a parasite protocol, we've got to use, add in certain um, there's like certain botanicals and herbs and things we can put in to break through the biofilm so that they can disperse and then we can get rid of it. Um, and, you know, we use things like binders to help push it into the bio to push it out of the body. So there's kind of a process there, but we have to be strategic about it so that we're not putting too much stress in the body. Because I think the parasite protocols, I feel like people can do, you know, try to do like things like that on their own. But I highly recommend that you, if you suspect you have parasites, I recommend getting testing done just to make sure, but it's always good to do it with somebody who, you know, has knowledge of a parasite protocol, because if you do too many things too fast, you're going to feel like absolute crap because that can happen. Sometimes you get, you know, kind of what are called die-off symptoms and you can feel worse before you get better. And if you don't have the right things to kind of combat those symptoms or going at the right pace, you can just, your body's not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, totally. And how long does it usually take for something like that? To, is it just based on the individual or is there a common time frame? Yeah, I usually shoot for like 60 to 90 days. And then we kind of do a retest after, you know, if it's been like four or five months after the first test, we'll do a retest. Sometimes they'll get tricky and we might have to do another round of 60 days. But for, for the most part, most people can get rid of them in about 90 days. It's usually a good rule of thumb. Awesome. So for when you work with a client, is your... Are you ultimately helping them to make like a permanent lifestyle change or is there a way to at the other end of all of the work that you do kind of create a little bit of balance where like you could have a piece of pizza and it wouldn't be the end of yeah it. totally yeah and i mean i think that's the ultimate goal for me like the ultimate goal is never to have to live this restricted um like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I guess restricted is the right word. I don't, I don't want people to have to feel like they live in the restriction with the rest of their life. And I mean, what's the point? Like for me, it's, you know, let's calm down the inflammation. Let's pull down the inflammatory response. Let's get rid of the things that are causing the inflammation. And then let's kind of like have that as your new baseline and rebuild your health from there. So it's like, it's like, being reborn. It's like, here's this new version of you, right? This new version of health for you. And it does take time. And, and I think so often people get discouraged and um, just kind of jaded because it's like, well, I've done all these things before and I've done this for the past year, but really and truly, especially if you're someone who is dealing with, which I mean, we all are dealing with sore trauma and stored emotions. Like those things, so many, so many times have been stored in the body for years, sometimes decades. Like, how do you expect to heal your body in six months? If these things have been stored in your body for the last 15 years, right? Like it's going to take time. So I think for me, yes, the end goal is always to like, let's do live by the 80, 20 rule, like 80% of the time we're really focused. And then 20% of the time, like, yeah, I love a piece of cake or have a pizza, pizza or whatever, you know, treat ourselves and enjoy indulging in whatever it is. But it's, it's a, it is when you're really focusing on the healing, it is a process to get to that point. And I think honoring the, the process and honoring the the length of time that your body is telling you that it's going to need to take is is important is an important part of the process and yeah I mean for 
I do have women who, you know, they'll see messages like nothing's working, nothing's happening. And, and, and that's another, that's another, um, stress around the nervous system because now you're everything's now we're back in that fight or flight stage. You're like pushing and pushing and ah, nothing's working. And so when we're, when we're focusing on all these healing protocols and keeping the nervous system regulated, that's really going to be like the, the magic combination and, and just allowing yourself like patience and grace throughout the process to get to that point where, yeah, you can live a normal life and focus on, you know, 80% of the time eating, you know, the kind of the 80, 20 rule. And that's kind of what I like to get people to. I love that so much. How much grace is there in the process? Like I've done candida cleanses before mm-hmm. where there's so many things you can't eat. And it's like, if you mess up, you have to start again. <laughs> so frustrating. Is that, I mean, is that just kind of a necessary part of healing? Like you've got to be really strict for a while or what are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. And I mean, I think it kind of depends. And and I have, you know, I always have clients ask me this when they start out because they're like, oh, I have this trip plan in two months, like in the middle of us working together, or you know, I travel for work all the time. And I'm in and, and I'd always like those conversations because first of all, I do like kind of the real world real world scenarios where it's like, okay, what are you gonna eat if you travel? Like, are you just gonna throw everything out the window and then you feel like crap for a week when you get back? Or is there a way we can find balance where again, kind of the 80-20 rule, like can we kind of stick to things 80% of the time and then maybe you indulge in you know, you share a dessert with your partner one night, or you, you know, can we do it where it's not totally, you know, throwing a bomb on everything that we've done the last three months. So I, I think it's a little bit of a balance. So, yeah, I mean, I think a candida is such a good example. I have a a client, we were just talking about this and it's like, there is, it's such a, there's so many things you can't have. So I get that, but, and I think, yeah, it is kind of a necessary part of it um, that you just kind of have to, it's like, it's like the, like, it just kind of a means to an end. Right. But, but I think that there is, there is room. I always like to give my clients the assurance that there is room. There is some grace there. Like you you mess up and you eat something that's not really a part of this, like, you know, list or whatever. Well, okay. Like you didn't totally negate, you know, everything we've just done. Like we will give ourselves a little bit of grace, but also keeping the mindset that like, you know, let's stick to this as closely as we can for as long as we can so that it, it doesn't take months and months and months and months and months, right? The, the more we can stick to it, the quicker we can get through it. Um, but the, the grace is important still and, and not to make it another thing where we beat ourselves up if we, you know, throw something where it's supposed to, or, you know, I, cause I don't want that either. Like for it to be another source of anxiety or self degradation or whatever. Yeah. That's like you said, that goes back to just causing more stress. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was really curious. You had a lot of posts about adrenals and adrenal restoration. And that's something that I really struggled with is, um, kind of adrenal fatigue and burnout. Um, and I think a lot of women can relate to that. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, that is one that I will say like 90% of my clients, even if they're not coming to me specifically for that, it's, it's something that shows up in their labs 90% of the time, you know, the adrenals just for like a quick science lesson, the adrenals are these little glands that are basically responsible for the stress response. And there's other things that they're responsible for, but when we're constantly stressed, they're constantly being forced to push out cortisol, which is our stress hormone. Cortisol is a catabolic hormone, which means it breaks things down. So we need cortisol because this is kind of our get up and go hormone. And it's, it's what gets us up in the morning and gives us, you know, gets us through stress, stressful situation. 
But when we're perpetually in that state and then we're consistently pumping up more and more cortisol, your adrenals start to get tired and they can't pump out as much. And then you get into what, you know, you heard the word adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout or exhaustion or, you know, whatever term. And this really causes havoc. It really wreaks havoc on the body because first of all, cortisol and your blood sugar are very closely related. And so when your cortisol levels are all over the place, your blood sugar levels are all over the place. And like I mentioned earlier, dysregulated, dysregulated blood sugar is a big stressor on the body. And then another piece of that is it's really going to affect your sex hormones. Our progesterone is made in a really specific part of the adrenals. And so when your body, your, your body's role is to keep you alive. Like that's its sole goal is to keep you alive, right? To keep you safe. So it's going to sacrifice what's it need, what it needs to, to keep you alive and keep you safe. So when your adrenals are constantly pumping out cortisol, it's, it's, it's priority is not, you know, balanced progesterone levels. And so it's going to sacrifice making progesterone for estrogen or for a, a cortisol. So now you're pumping out your cortisol, but now our progesterone levels are suffering. And so now this is going to lead to, we probably heard of the term estrogen dominance, right? So now we've got too much estrogen. So again, you see how it's kind of this chain reaction of things of your sex hormones and your blood sugar. And, and it's also going to affect your gut. So the, the adrenals, while they're these, just these little tiny glands, they really are impacted. They impact so many things going on in the body. So it's kind of this chain reaction. And so this is why I have, I have a specific program for adrenal restoration for this point, because even though, like I said, a lot of women are coming to me, I've had a few probably, but a lot of them don't, don't, they don't make the connection like, Oh, my adrenals are burned out, but they're telling me all these symptoms. Like I'm tired all the time and I don't sleep and I can't think. And I've got brain fog and my guts messed up my hormones and this and that, like the list goes on. And the adrenals are always playing a part in that. So I think, again, going back to kind of what I was saying at the beginning with kind of this Western view and like you were saying how we, we, we've separate things, right? Our, we, you can't separate parts of the body. Like we are this one interconnected, glorious being, right? Everything is connected. And so to treat your thyroid separate from your adrenals, separate from your sex hormones, separate from your reproductive system, separate, like you can't separate it. It's all connected. And so I think that's a big, 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 big issue with the Western model of, of healthcare, you know, medical care, whatever, is that we're separating it all, right? You're going to 28 different doctors for these symptoms when it, they're all connected. And so the adrenals for me, a lot of times is that kind of connected piece. It's like, if we can get a handle on the adrenals and a, and a handle on the stress response, then a lot of times all these other things just kind of, you know, balance themselves out. Totally. What would be like a first step that someone should take if they do think that they have adrenal fatigue? Mm, good question. Um, this isn't like the sexy answer anybody wants to hear, but it's really managing your stress. <laughs> so if we can like figure out what, and that means something different for everybody. And, you know, I have conversations with my clients about this and especially the clients that are coming to me because they want to lose weight. And that's the thing that the weight is always the last thing. And I will say that for anybody listening, the weight is always the last thing to balance out. So if you've got stubborn weight and you feel like you're doing all the things with the diet and the exercise, it, like there's other things at play and the weight's never going to be the first thing to go. So I will say this to, that was kind of a roundabout way to answer your question, but if, you know, that's one of your goals, it, it's for me, it still goes back to the adrenals and it's managing stress. So it's finding if you have, if you need 
coping mechanisms or strategies or whatever it is to help you manage stress, whether, you know, mindfulness is a big thing that I work with my clients on, whatever that means for you, whether it's meditation or yoga or nature walks. And for some people it's gardening or cooking or whatever gets you kind of out of your head into your body kind of thing. That's what we're looking for. Things to be more mindful, um, journaling, um, singing, you know, whatever it is for, for people, it could be different things for different people and nervous system regulation techniques, right? Things to help regulate your nervous system, whether that's breath work, um, things that help stimulate your vagus nerve, which is responsible for that um, nervous system response. So things that stimulate your vocal cords, like humming and gargling and um, oming. If you've ever done the ohm in yoga, that's, it's not just being weird or woo, like it's actually has a purpose to help regulate your nervous system. So all of these are tactics to help with stress management, because the other piece of that is you can throw all the supplements and all the diets at what's going on in your body. But if you are not regulating your nervous system, you are throwing your money down the drain and you are wasting a lot of time and energy. And so for the adrenals, it's most important because the adrenals, again, because they are so sensitive to this, I mean, it's what stimulates the stress response. We wanna be able to hone in on, on the stress. And, and I think too, the other piece of that is identifying your sources of stress. If we're not aware of the source of stress, if it's a person, a situation, a job, relationship, whatever it is, like identifying that and figuring out how to manage that and cope with that. And that can help you kind of give the, give you, I guess, the first step for the tool that you need to be able to manage your stress. Awesome. What are your thoughts on supplementing like progesterone or DHEA or something like that? But I have personally experimented with DHEA and I felt a million times better. Mm -hmm. I've been using progesterone um, from day like 14 to 28 of my cycle for mm -hmm. years. And it's mm -hmm. completely changed like PMS and all these problems. Like, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that can be helpful or do you think it's more important to kind of just get to the root cause? Um, I think there's room for both. I think there's room for both. Now, depending on like, let's see, how do I say this? Depending on what type of progesterone, because there are some, there are some like bioidentical hormones, right? You could take that or much more, your body's more receptive to them. And it's a totally different situation than if you're like on birth control, right? Where these synthetic hormones are totally hijacking your body's natural rhythm. Like there's a difference there, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, but I think, I, I mean, I have, I've recommended DHA for a lot of my clients. And for those that are listening, DHA is like the parent hormone. So it's like a lot of times when you're deficient in other hormones, it's because you're deficient in DHEA and that kind of helps the trickle down effect, right? With DHA. So no, I do think it has a, it has a place. I think it can be supportive. I have women too, they're where, you know, their, their OBGYN has recommended them taking progesterone or like pellets or something, and they don't want to do it, but there's other lower dose, like creams and stuff that they're using to help like progesterone creams that you can get over the counter. So there, I, I think they do have their place. And it's the same with, you know, I've worked with postmenopausal women before and, you know, they've tried to manage things without getting on hormones, but then we've kind of worked through things where, you know, they could be on super low dose bioidentical hormones and it really has changed things for them and they can function. So I do think that when you're talking about hormones, that some of those things do have their place. But I mean, if you want to go my soapbox about birth control, like that's a whole different conversation. So I, I see those as like two very different things. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think birth control is a huge problem for what in a lot of, you know, I know it's recommended often by OBGYNs, but the effects can be really devastating. Yeah. And, um, it's hard to get off. Of, I don't know. There's so many problems related to yeah. that, but 
there also are, like you said, like bioidentical mm-hmm. hormones. And I, I personally use like a progesterone cream mm-hmm. and it's, um, all natural. And I think, yeah. um, yeah, it's a really important distinction to make because synthetic hormone replacement therapy is not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a totally, yeah, it's a totally different ball game. And, and that's, I, I just, I had an interview yesterday for my podcast with a, a girl, um, that helps with like f- fertility, this fertility awareness method. And we were talking about birth control and we were talking about how unfortunate it is. I mean, because basically we grew up, if you're around our age, you grew up in a generation where it was, if you have a vagina, then take birth control. Like that's basically what it was like, that's it. And it was the solution to everything. And it's not, it's not getting to a root cause of anything. So if you're using it for, you know, your skin or your terrible periods or whatever, like it's not fixing any of that, by the way, like it's going to cover up your symptoms and mask them, but it's not getting to the root cause. But the other piece that we were talking about, Emma, that girl is interviewing is how unfortunate it is that we're not, we were never informed about anything that birth control, like any of the side effects or long-term effects of birth control, how it even works and why women like her thing was fertility. We were talking about how fertility is such a huge issue right now and tracing it back to birth control and how birth control actually works in the body and why that's affecting fertility. So, yeah, I mean, I could talk about this all day, but the birth control situation, birth control conversation is a whole thing. And it's, I think, you know, women, if, if you are on birth control or you want to get on it, like at least inform her, if you still decide to get on it, cool, that's fine. But at least be informed, right? At least know what you're taking, the side effects, the risk, and, and you can at least work to mitigate some of those if you do decide to get on it. Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of women don't realize that there's only like six days out of the month that you could actually. Yes, exactly. And th- that's exactly what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And we were never taught that. Like we were never taught how our bodies work. <laughs> Yeah. And there's so many helpful tools. Like I personally, I use the natural cycles app and an uh-huh. orb and it just like measures my temperature automatically. Yeah. Every time. I don't even have to think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's so many ways to do it now that you really don't need the birth control. You really don't need it. Like there's so many ways to check it now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so you were talking earlier about nervous system regulation, and I think that is such an important piece. Um, what do you, what do you recommend? I know you were saying a little bit, like you were saying like mm-hmm. breath work and, mm-hmm. but what are some like really practical steps you could take to regulate your nervous system? Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, kind of what I was mentioning before was, was, is finding, finding the, the tools that work for you and, and figuring out what that is for you, what kind of gets you into your own, you know, quote unquote, meditative space. It doesn't have to be a formal meditation. I am a huge proponent of meditation, so I'll recommend it the cows come home, but I know it doesn't work for everybody, especially starting out. And I find that too, that if somebody's nervous system is so super wound up, like asking them to meditate is, is dumb actually. And so I've had clients like that, where it's like, I'm not even going to ask you to sit down and meditate. Like, let's do something more active for them. I would recommend more of it, like an active breath work practice. Like let's get, I love the insight timer app. If you've never used it, download the insight timer app and you can pick how long you want to go. You can just like type in the search breath work, do like a five minute breath work and something more active, but it's still getting you out of your head. And it's getting you into your body. And that's really the point. And that's, that's the goal of mindfulness. And that's what ties into nervous system regulation is being able to get you out of your head into your body and feel what's going on in your body for you to consciously and actively and intentionally work to regulate it. So I think finding that the, 
the uh, modality that works for you. Um, some people like EFT tapping. That's a good one. Um, breath work, sometimes just a walk. Like that's what I'm going to pull myself. And I think the other thing too, like I mentioned, um, like the awareness piece of being able to identify your source of stress. I think that's a big one too, because a lot of times the source of stress is something that you can remove yourself from. Like if it's a, if it's a, person in your life, someone in your relationship with somebody you work with, whatever, then knowing if, you know, the uh, uh, stressful situation is happening, I can remove myself from that. I can go for a walk and keep myself because the, the thing with nervous system regulation, our nervous system is never going to be regulated hundred percent of the time, right? Like we're humans. We're going to come into stressful situations. Stressful things are going to happen. It, it's just, we live in a human life, but the key is to be able to bring yourself back down from that as quickly as possible. So it's how quickly can you regulate and get yourself out of that fight or flight state. And so when we're able to do these practices, like I'm talking about, you know, whether it's yoga or breath work or walking or meditating, whatever, it's the key is to build that resiliency. It's building resiliency in your nervous system to be able to pull yourself out of that fight or flight and that um, that hyper vigilant, hyper aware state, um, and bring yourself back down to kind of homeostasis as quickly as possible. I love that. That's so helpful. Um, so how would somebody like, what would you recommend to somebody who wanted to start working with you? What's the best first step for that? Um, I mean, you can shoot me a, a message on Instagram. Um, and I'm always happy to chat. And a lot of times, you know, people don't really know where to start. And so I have lots of really great conversations in the DMs, just talking about symptoms and kind of pointing people in the right direction. Um, you can visit my website and kind of see what I do. It kind of explains in my one-on-one -on -one work, I have group signature programs and kind of just kind of lab results kind of things. You can kind of see how I work integrating the functional work with the energy work. Um, and you can schedule a session like I do, I call them functional assessment calls and just to kind of check, see what's going on in your body and kind of see what you'd be a good fit for, um, that kind of thing. Amazing. This has been such a helpful conversation and I'm definitely going to re-listen to it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I've got some work to do, you know. On, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and can you just tell us really quick before I let you go, how, what, uh, how can we find you on the internet? Yes. Um, I am at the hope Pedraza on Instagram and my website is hopefulandwholesome.com. Amazing. And I'll link the Instagram account in the notes. Perfect. Thank you so much for this. This was amazing. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks.